Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back, everybody. Known as a change strategist, self-professed Latina on fire for Jesus, Rosalinda Rivera is on the front lines bringing healing to hurting people. Her passion for kingdom purpose is evident in everything that she does. She was the youngest entrepreneur to open a retail business in the National Mall and developed a model of social enterprise to sustain the nonprofit New Life for Youth by creating successful business while training thousands of young people in job skills and leadership. She's an author and a powerhouse speaker. Rosalinda is recognized from the White House to the local community for her leading edge pioneering of social enterprise, sustaining nonprofits. She's also a co-pastor and author, and we're going to talk about all the things. So welcome, Rosalinda. I'm so honored to have you here. Angela, I am so happy to be here with you this morning. I can't wait to spend this time with you. Well, we've known each other and we live very close together, but this is our first time to sit down together. So I'm actually just so excited just to get an opportunity to get to know you better. We were speaking at an event together in the past year. So we have so much to talk about. I just want to dive right in and I don't want to waste any time with people getting to know you and your story. So you're continuing the work that your family started five decades ago. Our families actually knew each other many years ago, and it is reaching tens of thousands of young people trapped in a life of addiction, abuse, and domestic violence, and setting women free from the nightmare of sex trafficking. So tell us about the work of New Life for Youth. Angela, it's my heartbeat and my passion um, to reach young men and women that have been trapped by addiction and and some of these things that you mentioned. But it all started because I had a dad um, who, when our family came from Puerto Rico to the United States, you know, they were looking for the American dream. And it kind of turned into a nightmare for our family because my dad was bullied in and out of school. He ends up joining a gang at 12 years old. And by 14 years old, Angela, he became a heroin addict. So I had a grandmother that was watching her son die on the streets. And but one day, David Wilkerson began preaching on the streets of New York. And my grandmother heard the message of hope. She took that message home and she would pray over these little hankies and shove him on my dad's gang jackets. And, you know, I mean, he she would just go after him with the gospel. And when he gave his life to the Lord, my mom and dad started reaching young men and women off of the streets. That's the ministry of New Life for Youth that I get to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so as a little girl, I would literally give my bed up and sleep on the floor. And they would bring these addicts and prostitutes and everything right into our house. And, you know, I didn't know much better as a young girl, but I got to see something so powerful. And that was God healed somebody so broken, so devastated by trauma and watch 2 Corinthians 5, 17 come alive, that if anybody's in Christ, they're a new creation. So today I leave that. We have now 50 years later, uh, we have 20 homes, 20 buildings that we power up is the way I say it, and 100 beds for men and women in addiction. They come live with us for a whole year. 
Wow. We house them, clothe them, feed them, train them. And right now, I don't know if you saw the news, Angela, over 100,000 people died last year of overdose yes. uh, addiction. And so our program um, this year, we celebrate 50 years and over 25,000 graduating our program. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful. And that's a big lens. So let's zoom in for a minute. I would love to hear Rosalinda, some of the most memorable moments that you've had, and I'm sure there are so many to try to narrow down, but can you tell us a story that marked you that has stayed with you about a man or a woman that has been there through your program? You know, immediately two come to mind. Um, one of them, I'll never forget. I was inside the mercy house and, um, we hear the door banging they're rolling in this young girl and she was literally half naked, had something strapped over her breast and just, uh, just a little bit left of underwear on her. Mm. She had a hundred shards, more than a hundred of glass on the bottom of her feet. She had been running. She had gotten raped in the city of Richmond and was running underneath a bridge. Oh. And some lady found her and literally lifted her up into her car, brought us, instead of going straight to a hospital, they brought him to the spiritual hospital, the Mercy House. And I remember this young girl just covering herself. She was so ashamed and she just, you know, was beside herself and she was just crying. And, um, but she had heard of our place so much before, you know, but didn't have the opportunity before to come in. And I remember being there in that moment, being able to embrace her, to hold her. You know, we took her to the hospital. Then she was able to get the glass removed because she was running from her attacker um, and then came into our program and was with us a year. And, you know, though, that's the moment, you know, Um, the girl that does our intake today, Angela, was uh, abused by a man, had her on a farm. And I share these stories because also they've shared it in testimony so we can share this publicly. But he um, had drugged her up after totally abusing her, put her in a body bag, threw her into into a plastic bag, put her into a river to die. And she oh. woke up in the water. And he thought for some reason somebody had seen him and she he drags her back out, brings her into his house while he ODs and later she is able to escape and run away. And today she's been with us for a while. She's one of our top directors in our home. Um, you know, it sounds so far fetched, but this is happening in our backyards. Yeah. And so I just love that. And of course, on our men's side, it it's been awesome. That's really why. I decided to do um, carry on my parents' ministry. Uh, young guy, Daryl, I'll never forget it. They held a gun to his head. He was 18 after a Highlands football game. And for some reason, he said he prayed and they, you know, he ran out the house. They didn't kill him, but they killed his best friend. Mm. And I had heard thousands of these testimonies and I'm sitting in the front row of our church and I'm watching that family cry. And um, they're just so broken because they're watching their son graduate our program, the one that lived. But God showed me there was another family still mourning because their fa- their son was dead mm. and he didn't make it. And that's the moment I understood what mom and dad did all these years. And God gave me my own calling to continue the ministry. I love it. What do you feel like, Rosalinda? I'm sure there's a, a mer- myriad of things you could say, but what do you think besides the spirit's power has really helped new life to be such 
uh, a, for lack of a better word, successful program. You've seen tremendous success. Share a little bit about the program itself. If, if someone's listening and they're thinking, how would I know to be a part of this? Is this the right situation? I'm immediately thinking of, of people that I know and love in the vices of addiction and, and others, you know, uh, life controlling issues. What has helped this to really be set apart as something that has seen such success? Of kind of, we've stayed the same with the same principles for 50 years, but we've really emerged into this a full holistic type program in this sense that we know that it's God that transforms their life. You know, nobody says, yay, I want to go into new life for youth. You know, I can't wait you know, nobody signs up. I want to go in the mercy house. Um, but somewhere inside of them, there's got to come to a point where they want to change. So mm. let's say you're a mom listening today, a family member listening. We enable our kids and our wives and our children dealing with um, addiction, I would say they need to know that it's time to change. And sometimes the families have to draw that line. But when they come into our program, what sets us apart is, you know, we have a curriculum, obviously, you know, we want them to know that Christ loves them. And no matter what brokenness, you know, we have all of that. We know that. But we are focused around a vocational training program mm. because I would say, well, why do they need a year in a rehab if they're not on drugs while they're with us? And that's sure. because drugs was not their problem. It's their character. Mm. You know, it's their trauma they've gone through, their lack of belief, their manipulation. You know, it's not always the victim. Sometimes you have the manipulation that hands goes hand in hand with drugs. So our curriculum deals with that. But there was a season about, I want to say, 10 years ago when I was tired of going to funerals. I always say I know more dead people than anybody I know, unless you're in the funeral business. Wow. Um, in the last 36 months, we've seen 58 people die that I've gotten to meet one time. And addiction is so terrible. And it doesn't care who you are, your background, mm-hmm. education, money. And I was... As a director, I just said, you know, what can I add to this program that we don't have? I never want somebody to walk out and say, well, they didn't counsel me enough or they didn't do this. Hmm. So we added case management with professional Christian psychiatrists into our program. So when you wake up in the morning, you have your chapel in the morning. There's a work training vocational study where we need to prepare you to go out there and earn and make a living and support your family and be able to feel good about yourself. But then we offer case management where we're doing like professional counseling all the way along the way. Mm. We've created what's called a divine life plan. So the minute they come in, we're already working to exit you out, whether it's a job, your license, um, probation, getting your children back. So we love to put moms back with their kids, dads back with their children. And um, I would encourage people to watch this movie called The Victor Movie. So it's my dad's life movie. And we were able to produce that in Hollywood, um, Fox Studios. Uh, we won a ton of awards on it. We're so proud of it. But a lot of people come in through that movie. Mm. It was top 10 trending movies on Netflix during the pandemic. Wow. And it's really the story of hope. And then they get to learn a little bit about how to connect with our program. Mm, I love it. And it's a holistic approach. What you're describing is is treating the whole person, body, mind, soul, spirit, the underlying core issues that are driving addiction in the first place. So thank you, Rosalinda, for not only continuing the legacy of your parents, but 
really just giving it a fresh, relevant face for 2021 and beyond, meeting the needs right now today of so many men and women. It's such a powerful ministry. And I'll include all those show links and I mean, all of those links in my show notes, the movie link, how they can get apart and no more. And you mixed ministry in retail to create Celebration Park. You kind of touched on it there for a second. I want to talk about that a little bit more. It's a 12 acre commercial center and this helps fund the mission. So talk about that for just a little bit. What is Celebration Park? So Celebration Park is a 12-acre commercial uh, park that is right off the highway, and um, we are right in an intersection there. We have a car wash. Um, we actually do 36 contracts in the county. We do all the police cars, all the um, school buses. We have a mechanic shop there. We have a thrift store, and now we will be one of the first Christian programs to have a licensed clinical program attached mm-hmm. to our residential program. And so that's that's a, my last my latest project. We're right in the middle of the licensing for that. It's been a two year uh, event. Um, I, you know, Angela, the reason we have that park and how it started, just to give you a little background, when I was uh, about 16, I was always that entrepreneur kid. So at eight years old, I had my first company. I used to cut all my mom's roses and walk around the neighborhood and sell them. <laughs> I would make money, but I'd get in trouble right afterwards. Uh, and then when I was 12, I started a little company after that. Um, I would clean people's houses and, you know, connect with them. But I always had this thing, um, a gift of being an entrepreneur. My parents, I watched them having to fund this program. I mean, can you imagine feeding a hundred miles? That's 400 and like 50 mile, uh, meals a day. Wow. And it's always a struggle financially because, you know, we don't get government funding. It's only people that believe in the ministry churches that put us on their mission. And so when I was young, I told my dad, I can't do this ministry stuff anymore. You know, I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to start my own company and I'll support you. And so I remember, you know, kind of taking that out and starting this little business and um, the business actually blew up. And I had a store in the mall uh, when I was very young, uh, 17 years old. I had a retail store next to Victoria's Secrets. And wow. by 21, I owned three retail centers. And I knew even though I was I was really making a lot of money. I mean, at 17, I had made six figures. Um, which was a lot for a 17 year old. Sure. Um, and then all the sales, but I was so empty and I knew that God didn't call me to just do that. Mm. And I couldn't figure out why. And it was because he wanted to send me off to school to learn how to bring that back to the ministry and create this celebration park. And so I've been able to marry those business ideas. I don't own any of them. Um, but the ministry does and it's able to fund the men and the women, and it doesn't pay for everything, but we're able to train these girls how to take, you know, uh, work a credit card machine, how to sure. buy wholesale. I take them on the trade shows. They learn mm-hmm. how to um, price things and how to market them. And then they're able to get jobs out. So we have 100% hiring for every single student in our program. They're offered a job. So whether we hire back 25% of them um, or they connect with a business in the community, um, that whole celebration park is twofold. One, to help us fund the ministry, 
but two, to teach them a life skill that is going to keep them going. Oh, it's, it's so critical. It's so critical for that re-entry and everything you're teaching. I work so much in Africa with pastors, wives and micro enterprise programs. And so much of what you're describing is so critical. You know, they, they want to move from where they are to a new place and a new beginning, or they have a skill set, but don't know how to do anything with it, or don't have the startup capital or don't have the training. So again, this holistic approach that you're offering. And I love the way that God has used every piece of how he designed you, Rosalinda, that you first were like, forget the ministry. I'm just going to go be a millionaire. And, it, but yet he created you with these business in, you know, the, the skills you have, the desires you have. And I know that's speaking to some men and women today that are listening to say, listen, you know, God designed you, he wired you, and he wants to use what you are bringing to the table for kingdom purpose. So I just think that's so powerful. I love what what you're doing in so many ways. Would you believe I've never been to your center? I have got to come down. We live an hour apart. You need to come. You need to come. I'll take you to lunch and show you the women's home. Absolutely. Everything that we're doing. Absolutely. And, and shame on me for never getting there, but you know, it's just being so busy in the ministry. We're both very busy and, and leave full lives, but it's on my top priority list. I was preparing to, to talk with you. And I thought I have got to go down and see in person, this incredible work that God is using you guys to do. So I want to talk a bit more about your church in just a moment, but you were actually called upon to meet with your city's chief of police to create opportunities that impacted at-risk children. And I just want to thank you for your voice in this space and bringing together so many different areas to work together to see um, positive movement and change in our culture. So what was that conversation like, Rosalinda? It was actually um, a very interesting how we connected. I've always been involved, you know, in the community. They'll call upon me for different things. Um, but they actually sent two police officers to our church building with a warrant for my arrest. No. And so the secretary's having a heart attack. And I was like, what is this mess all about? And he said, if you won't come in, we're coming to get you. And they wanted me to be a chaplain in our city. But because I manage, you know, our ministry is not just here in Richmond. We're in Africa, Brazil, uh, Peru. It's all over the world, you know. Um, and so I, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to meet with you guys, see what's going on. And my heart has always been, what can I do to prevent children, young people and teenagers from coming into our program? By the time you come to us, your life is pretty messed up. You've lost a lot. There's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And so I love teenagers, you know, and I was actually the youth pastor of our church for a while. And so I just, you know, my passion was that. And I remember this is before everything broke loose with George Floyd and with everything before that. And I remember telling our captain, I said, if you don't build a relationship with our young people, then one day if something happens in our city, you know, it's just, it's going to explode. But if we can show the people that the police that are serving love the children and we can prevent together, um, you know, them coming into our programs or being arrested and you become more of a coach to them, more of a mentor, we're going to build something really, really great. And so I actually founded the Police Athletic League in our county 
County. Mm. And so um, New Life for You, we're such a bridge. You know, uh, one of the other reasons we're a bridge is, um, you know, we're a Hispanic family, but we came into a city that was all white and black. And uh, Richmond is the heart of the Confederacy. If you watch the news, it's we're the place where all the monuments and the whole bit happen. And so here is a Spanish family that comes into this city. And, um, you know, it just... It, I don't know. God just used us to bring all cultures together. So mm. when you worship, even in our church, Angela, it is 50 people, first generations from different nations that worship mm. together in Dallas. That would be normal in Florida. That would be normal in LA, but never in Richmond, Virginia. Wow. And so it's just amazing, but it's because we have such a passion for the street and for outreach that hurt and pain have no prejudice. You know, if you're going through something, you're just going to come find that help. So we were able to meet uh, with them. And so um, throughout our different captains and chiefs, I've had a relationship with them. Uh, The county supervisors call me in. They've all toured our program. And so I've actually become a little bit of a counselor mentor sometimes to senators, governors, uh, doctors. They call me on the phone. They get some advice. And especially when there's an issue with our youth. And so when, um, you know, all of this stuff kind of erupted in our city not too long ago, um, they actually called upon us to pray for our city. And so I was a little nervous. I said, I don't know which way this is going to go. And then the Lord settled me down because it was actually the George Floyd family that was praying at a monument. And I thought, okay, I'm going to win a lot of people or I'm going to lose a lot of people right now. It's Mm -hmm. going down. And I had to get the mind of Christ. And then I just saw Paul. And I just said, you know, he went into every city and brought the gospel. So I'm going with my Bible in hand and everything, everything that I speak, I'm going to hold my Bible up in the air. So every, every Mm. shot in media that nobody's going to argue with me that I'm not there just for the gospel. Mm. And we were able to actually give the gospel um, salvation call and hundreds and hundreds of people at a march raise your hand to give their life to the Lord. So, you know, we're in some sticky times, you know, this is a interesting time we're in. And I believe that we can bridge the gap between our police, you know, and with our churches, we can stand with them and we can minister to them because they need prayer too. Absolutely. It's not an either or proposition. It's a both. It's an and proposition. We're all souls. (laughs) That's it. And those of us in this kingdom space, we need to be on the front lines of what we can do to bridge the gap, to reconcile, to work across all types of people, all organizations within and outside of the church. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for your voice in that space. And you're right. Sticky. Yes, but not outside of what God is able to do. Yes. And we don't need to shrink back, right? If he gives us those kind of opportunities, he will equip us. You touched on it there for a moment. And one of the things that we do share in common is that we both are pastoring a multicultural church. We are closer to DC. You're in the heart of Richmond. We're more of a computer, a commuter city for DC. And, uh, and we're just an hour apart from each other. So what message of hope can you share and give to our listeners as a co-pastor of a church? You know, in these times, I know you and your husband probably sense this, you know, we had to relearn how to do church. Right. Minister to people. I mean, all the lights, LED screens, I mean, it really didn't matter, you know, and if you weren't on social media, you had to get on there. And we just went right back to the very beginning. And that is reaching people in their heart. People are hurting Angela right now. 
They're lonely. They need help. Um, I want to tell you, if you're listening to this podcast today, that whatever you're going through, whatever space that you're in, God loves you. He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for you. I mean, you may feel abandoned during these times. We've all gotten separated from each other, but God is right there with you. One of the things that I've just gotten so into more than ever is getting into my word, even though I've read it a whole bunch of times, beginning to highlight it and pulling out promises that would calm me down, that would take away anxiety, take away fear. I believe today the enemy is trying to attack people in their mind. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm out in the grocery stores. It's packed out. You're in the theater. You're out in the malls, but you come to church and our pews are empty. And if you're listening today, let me just tell you, come to church, get in fellowship, be safe. You know, you figure out what makes you feel good, but don't stay away because the enemy would want to separate us now more than than ever before, but you could, you could get sick or you could lose your soul. You could lose your mind. You can get stuck in depression and loneliness. So I believe that God is telling us, you know, that the church needs to rise up. We have to awaken, you know, it's time for us to be a voice. We need, let's say even, even ministering to somebody, Ask the Lord to put somebody in your path. You know, I pray that all the time. And the other day I was on a flight. I am on a flight. No kidding, Angela, probably every other week. And I'm, I, sometimes I don't want anybody to sit by me. I am so tired and there's an empty chair and I'm like, Lord, please. I, I begin praying, God, don't do it. You know, give me this one seat. And all of a sudden they'll be like, Hey guys, we got one more passenger jumping on. And I'm like, Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. But God's saying, girl, I got a plan for you. Yeah. And this last flight it was on, God put somebody right beside me that needed to hear that God loves them, yes. that grew up in church, but needed to know that they were so special. And my message to people is that you are stronger than you think. You are more courageous than you think that God loves you. Women that are listening, men that are listening, parents, you know, we need to come back to the simple days. We need to come back to when worshiping God, even without somebody leading you in worship was enough. And when we do that, we create an atmosphere of praise where healing Mm -hmm. happens in our life. That's so powerful. It's so powerful. And I could not agree more. Come back. Don't stay away. Do what you need to do, but don't stay away because isolation is toxic for our souls. And it's an, it's a tool the enemy is using and that's what we're seeing so much of this ratcheting up that you've seen as well of, of overdoses, of depression, of anxiety, of teenage suicides, mm-hmm. you know, and, and community. It's not the only solution, but being in community with other believers will strengthen you and give you accountability, give you support. And of course, the word of God, we talk here about grounding our worth in the word instead yeah. of the narrative of the world, because the, the world is very loud. But the narrative of the word, if you get that in you, it it can be loud enough to drown out the voice of the enemy and the lies that he tries so hard to get us to believe. So thank you for your work. If people are listening and they're in another country, what, how would they access a church that might be where they are? One of your, one of your locations. Yeah. You know, you can easily go onto our website at new life one, uh, uh, newlife1.org. Sorry, I got so many websites in my head. Even if you reach out to us, you know, through Facebook or through a message, we will connect you. Uh, we are currently, we, we built a beautiful building. My sister is as crazy as I am. They sold everything, moved to Africa for years mm-hmm. and built a building there. So we have a big um, outreach in Africa. We are in Brazil, powerful 
outreach is there. Uh, we are in Peru. Uh, we are in Dominican Republic. And um, so and I feel like I'm leaving out of country. I hate when that happens. I need to write them down. Um, but, you know, and even in New York, powerful ministry in the Bronx, New York, um, we would love to. And even if it's not our church, we are so well connected around the world. It is so important that you find a church that you can plug in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to tell you listeners too, it's easy to start watching online when you have a church around the corner. There is something about connecting, even being here with you, Angela, it just, it's filling my heart and my soul Mm -hmm. and we need to connect with people. So absolutely, absolutely. to find a place for you. And if, and if you have a son or daughter that needs to come into our program, you know, you can reach out to us through newlife.center and we'd love to walk you through that process. Mm, Thank you so much. And I'll put those links in my show notes too. We're almost out of time, but I want to make sure that we touch on some of the resources that you have created besides the work that you're doing. You're the author of several books and you're making your life matter in so many different ways. CEO, entrepreneur, international speaker, producer, and author of the books like Dare to Begin Again, Let God Write Your Best Future. And then the Wonder series, including your brand new book, Wonder Mom, and Seductive Slayers of Success, Harness Your Strengths to Take Control of Your Destiny. We could talk probably for an hour about just Every one of those, because they all sound amazing. I know they can get them at your website, but I want to just, what, what would you like to lean into? I have a couple of questions I would want to ask, but what do you feel like is on your heart right now of these books? What would you want people to go and purchase right now and get in their hands a, a message that you know would, would really change and impact their lives? You know, if I think of my life story, I I would say dare to begin again is that Mm -hmm. um, no matter what you're going through, this is a story of 14 other women and myself, things that we've gone through. You know, I had a marriage that got healed. We've been married 26 years. But in the fourth year, I was like, girl, where do I get an annulment? You know, can Mm -hmm. I get out of this deal? And God healed our marriage. Um, I had a son that was hit by a drunk driver. He went through 14 surgeries to learn how to just walk again and move again. Um, he was an MVP basketball player. It was devastating. And God healed him miraculously. After they said he'd never use his arm again, he became the MVP the next year. And these, this is a, a really a book that gets in there. You know, if you're listening, sometimes you may hear somebody like myself or Angela and go, wow, they never have problems. They never mm. go through issues. Look at them on social media. I'm going to tell you that's that. Look, these are the good shots of us. That's right. <laughs> um, but dare to begin again walks you through the phases of how to begin again, whether it's cancer, a divorce, somebody's cheated on you. I picked all kinds of goodies and featured mm. these women and compared it to somebody in the Bible. Um, seductive Slayers, if you are an entrepreneur, um, this thing is going to shake you up. And so it's just going to tell you all the little things that get us. Like we got got in the garden and um, we bit that apple. Well, sometimes we're still biting things that hold us back from building a ministry, writing a book. Mm, uh, building good. the business that God's called you to do. Uh, I That book is based on the fact that at 17, I broke six figures. At 29, I broke seven. And I was able to take these lessons. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's hilarious. It even talks about, you know, getting your life together with your marriage. So that's a lot of fun. And the other ones are just devotionals. They're fun, fun devotionals. 
I love that. She brings all the passion, all the fire you're hearing right now. I've gotten to hear, hear you speak in person and I, and that's woven throughout your resources. How would you like them to connect with you personally? If they want to purchase your resources, book you to speak, you're such a dynamite speaker. I'm going to bring you out to our women in the next year. So how would you like them to connect with you online? You can go to rosalinda.live rosalinda.live and just go through there. I'm on social media. If you're on Instagram, I am crazy on Instagram. I post everything craziness um, because I don't want it just to be like this little ministry website and you don't see the background craziness. So you will see it all, you know, and it's just, I think women um, need, you know, not that you know, we're so wonderful, Angela, like we're so perfect or anything, but I feel like that people need a hero. They need somebody to look to. And I can tell you with all sincerity of my heart, even though I've walked through hell, I've come out of it. I love the Lord. I'm a a woman of integrity and honesty, Mm -hmm. and you're going to see that. And I felt like God kind of called me to just reveal some of the private moments of our life so that it can give you hope. Not so you can look at somebody and say, man, I wish I was like that, because trust me, you don't want these shoes. You know, God made the shoes mm. just for you. But um, Rosalinda.live is a great way to connect um, and also on social media. Love it. Love it. I'll include that, that link there as well. Well, we're almost out of time, but I have to ask you this question. I'm so curious. Other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has inspired you the way you're inspiring so many to make life matter? I would say Deborah. Yeah, so I love she's Esther. Wonderful. She's so pretty, but you know, Deborah, um, it was going down, and the Israelites mm. they were going to lose their space. And here's this prophetess. She's a judge. You know, I used to Angela sometimes be like, God, could you take this cup from me? Because I was always in charge since I was a kid. I was a CEO literally since I was little. I run so much today. We have 43 staff here, uh, just in Virginia that I oversee, and. Uh, sometimes I would ask the Lord, but then I started embracing who God made me. And um, some people, you're an umbrella to cover um, a group of people that God's given you. And some people manufacture them. And mm. I feel that God has called me to train the trainers. I'm a mentor of the mentors. Um, I will go to the front lines. I will fight for you. Um, I've been fighting all my life. And I just embrace that it's okay to be a woman boss, a woman leader, a woman pastor, uh, an evangelist. And um, every pain and every hurt I've ever gone to is to make us stronger. So I would definitely say, Deborah, you know, the guy that was leading took 10,000 people in to fight the war, but he said, hang going without you. And so she goes, she's like, okay, you know, let's do it. And that's been my place. And it doesn't dishonor men. I'm not about one of those women that we have to step on men to be who we are. Because I am mother of sons and I love empowering them. Um, But I know who God called me to be. And we do not need to shy down on the position and the strength that God gave us, which just need to learn how to honor the Lord and honor others as we lead when we're in that strong space. Mm, So good. So good. Guys, you can hear this is just a taste. This is just a half hour of all that she brings to the table and so many spaces that you're making your life matter for the kingdom. And it's just been such an honor to have you here. I am now burning to get down to Richmond (laughs) and, and tour everything and just see it all in person and spend some more time with you in person. And she's going to pray over us in just a moment, but I want to share today's takeaway. And to be honest, I have the hardest time coming up with what I want the today's truth that matters to be because 
as I was thinking about you, Rosalinda, your life, I thought of Phoebe, I thought of, you know, Dorcas, I thought of um, Priscilla, Deborah, so many women who said yes to God and let their yes be the vehicle that he could use. And you're such a mountain mover. You have mountain moving faith. And so as I was really just chewing on all of that, this is a scripture the Lord gave me to share as we close today, today's truth that matters. It's from Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, maybe you're listening right now and saying, oh my goodness, good for her, but I can't, I can't do all of this. This is overwhelming. All you need is faith of a mustard seed and even a small yes, a step of obedience, God will use it. You can say to this mountain, whatever mountain you're facing today, it might, might be that mountain of addiction she's talking about, maybe a struggle in a marriage that she's touched on, maybe how to lead well in this space, how to be the woman God has called you to be. You can say to that mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. And I love what you shared in a recent message that I heard online. God, if you say so, and then you repeated it, God, if you say so, God, if you say so, I will submit to you. That's the power of a woman who's given God her yes. So thank you so much. Thank you for your voice, Rosalinda, the way you are impacting literally people around the world, snatching them out of darkness, bringing them into light. And we are so grateful for you and your voice. And thank you for sharing your voice here on the show. And I would love for you to pray over our listeners as we close today. Yes. So just if you hold your hand out while I'm praying, you know, mustard seed is just so tiny. You hit Mm. my verse. This is something that changed my life. Sometimes you don't feel it. My daddy put a little tiny mustard seed in my hand. He got from Israel. He said, do you feel it? I said, no. And that's maybe how some of you feel today, but it's there and that's all you need. So if you just grab that in your hand, whatever you're going through, I just want to minister hope to you right now. And Lord, Mm -hmm. I just lift up every listener, Lord God, that maybe feels like they don't have a lot of faith. They don't have a lot of hope. Lord, that life's kind of put them through the ringer, Lord God, and they just kind of feel empty. And Lord, I just pray that you will build upon that seed, Lord God, that mustard seed of hope, Lord God, and that they can take one step forward and you will bring them the rest of the way, that you will heal hearts. Lord, people that are listening that feel lonely during this season, that you will refresh them, that your Holy Spirit will come upon them in a new and a fresh way, Lord God, that you will show them their purpose, that you will show them how strong, how courageous they are, Lord God. And Lord, I just praise you for every listener that maybe has gotten away from putting you first in their life, that right now, while we're praying, that if you'll just if you'll just put God first, he will fill you up and just let him know, say, Lord, I just need you to be number one in my life. So Lord, I just pray for everybody that agreed with me in that prayer, and I pray that you will bless them and strengthen them and just make yourself known to them in just such a personal way in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.